A look at rural hospitals and clinics dealing with the coronavirus, how local grocers are protecting employees, and a donation helps a local nonprofit pick up speed. With the Oklahoman, I'm Dave Morris. Today is Monday, April 13th. Good to have you with us. The number of positive cases of COVID-19 in Oklahoma has passed the 2,000 mark. According to the State Department of Health, there are now 2,069 Oklahomans with the coronavirus. 457 patients have been hospitalized and 99 people have died. While major metropolitan hospitals across the country fight to find enough personal protective equipment, many rural hospitals are facing the same problem. The Oklahomans Adam Kemp spoke with small town hospitals and clinics about the issues they're facing during the pandemic. Small town clinics and hospitals, often the only available health provider for miles in some Oklahoma communities, are not only struggling to test and treat sick patients, but who are suffering from you know coronavirus. But they are often the last to receive shipments of any protective equipment to keep hospitals' uh, staff safe. Uh, Even more of those hospitals are fighting just to keep their doors open still. I talked with Daryl Morris, who is the interim CEO of Drumright Regional Hospital, just to kind of ask him how his small hospital is handling the COVID-19 outbreak. He said it's not the outbreak itself that is really a danger to to his hospital, but the fear from patients and staff that are, you know, kind of keeping people away from the hospital. It's a, this is a tiny hospital. They have less than 60 total employees, um, but they serve around 12,000 people in the Creek and Payne County areas. Um, They do mostly emergency surgeries, physical rehab, and some radiology. But since the COVID-19 outbreak started, the amount of patients is way down. Uh, Of the 15 beds they have, they were averaging around 11 patients per day. Now that is about, that number is about half. Uh, They they see about six patients per day. Um, But they've had days as low as, you know, just two or three patients. Uh, On top of all that, there is the fear that, you know, if one patient were to come in that was uh, tested positive or symptomatic of coronavirus, um, that could be the hospital's undoing right there. With so few doctors and nurses on staff, if one positive case comes through the door and infects a number of nurses or doctors, there's really very little they could do to recover from such a reduction in staff. This hospital has been in receivership for the past year. Um, because business was already pretty slow. Uh, Morris said they will always put patients first, but they're doing a kind of a balancing act right now to figure out how best to keep the hospital financially stable while still serving the community during this time. On the opposite, uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, you would find Lynn Lacewood, who is the CEO of Southern Plains Medical Group, which serves Garvin, Grady, and Caddo County. Lacewood has clinics in Paul's Valley and emergency care clinics in Anadarko and Chickasha. Um, They're a robust hospital system, enough that they have their own labs and, you know, are planning this week to start processing COVID-19 tests themselves. But the catch there is they're running low on PPE and are probably near the bottom in terms of importance uh, as far as the amount of patients they see for really getting any government help in acquiring more. Uh, Lacewood said he's tried to find ways to get additional PPE for his hospital, 
But the bidding war for, you know, N95 masks and face shields and things like that are, you know, they're going up against major metro hospitals when they do that um, and state governments. And they kind of are finding themselves outgunned. When communicable illnesses arise, vaccines have been proven to be the best defense. While health experts say they already know a lot about the coronavirus family, finding the right vaccine takes a while. Experts must go through four steps before having the vaccines approved. First, doctors and researchers must conduct clinical trials, and if that phase is successful, the testing can be open to a larger group. Then there are efficacy studies and post-studies before the vaccine can be made available. Dr. James Pappen with OU Medicine explains why these steps are so vital. While we do have specialized mechanisms that we use, like for the seasonal flu vaccine, where the pipeline's already established, and we only have to change small parts of that in order to fit it for the new vaccine, or for the new virus that season, the new influenza virus, um, those methods don't always work for all viruses. In the 1960s, they tried to adapt that process for a virus known as respiratory syncytial virus. And what actually happened when they entered into phase one clinical trials is that they dramatically increased the hospitalization rate. So that drug actually made disease, or that vaccine actually made disease worse instead of helping out. So it's very important that we go through these meticulous steps to ensure that we have a safe and effective vaccine. Grocery employees across the nation say they are stressed out, overworked and struggling as they watch their co-workers fall ill with COVID-19. The United Food and Commercial Workers Union reported Monday that nationally more than 3,000 grocery employees have been directly affected by the virus and 41 have died. Union President Mark Perone said many members were concerned about the lack of protective gear and customers' shopping habits. Here in Oklahoma, Homeland was one of the first grocery stores to install plexiglass sneeze guards in high-traffic areas of the stores. Now the company is discouraging family shopping, limiting the number of customers inside, and using floor decals to guide one-way directions on aisles. And finally, this story, OGE Energy Corporation is giving a financial boost to a local nonprofit. On Monday, the parent company of OG&E announced it would give $250,000 to Ending Hunger OKC. The funds will be used to partner with local restaurants who will prepare the food that will be distributed via Meals on Wheels. St. Luke's United Methodist Church oversees the Metro program. Bob Long, senior pastor at the church, says before the pandemic, volunteers delivered to 500 families. That number has now increased to 800, and Long expects it to reach 1,000. So in the meantime, the other thing that started happening in terms of need is that with all these restaurants that were shutting down, you think of how many restaurant workers were suddenly out of work. Well, it's just a cascading effect on all the different kinds of companies that are no longer getting to work. And so, you know, the unemployment has just jumped in ways that has truly never been seen before. And when OG&E approached us and said, you know, we have this wonderful idea, we'd love to be able to invest in some restaurants and maybe help some restaurants keep their workers on and also have enough to be able to stay open and then take the food they're making and give it to the hungry and said, you know, could you administer all that and help to make that happen? And so we were honored to really get to partner with them to do that. More on that story, including a video that takes you from Stella Modern Italian Cuisine to a gentleman's house where the food was delivered. You can watch that online at oklahoman.com. Be sure to sign up for more podcasts and newsletters while you're there. Those are all free. 
and support our efforts by subscribing to our digital products at oklahoma.com slash subscribe. For producer Paige Dillard, I'm Dave Morris. Stay safe, wash those hands, and have a great night, everybody. Thank you.